Welcome to Bill Bronchick's Real Estate Investing Podcast. Mr. Bronchick is an attorney, best-selling author, and a real estate investor with 25 years' experience. For more information and free articles and videos, visit his website at www.legalwiz.com. Bill Bronchick here, and we're talking about Owner Financing 101 today. The basics and some of the not-so-basics of negotiating and doing owner financing deals with sellers. Great way to buy properties if you don't have to go to a bank and you don't have to qualify and use your credit. One of the best types of deals you can do, but not all deals are good deals just because they're owner financing as we will discover. So number one, why is owner financing so important for you as an investor? Well, um, I'm going to go through the perspective from the seller and the buyer's side because it's important that if you are a buyer to explain to the seller the benefits to them before you make them an offer on owner financing or seller financing it's sometimes called or seller carry or owner carry all the same thing um, and then the the advantages to you the buyer obviously but sometimes you may sell with owner financing, so you need to explain the benefits to the buyer as well. So I'm going to give you both angles. We'll start with the buyer's angle. Uh, number one, for you as an investor, it means more deals. If you can just buy cash, you can only get so many deals. If you can buy with some money down and get a bank loan, you're limited to how much you can borrow. Um, it's also a faster closing because you don't have to wait for approval from a third-party lender. You don't have to rely on their approval and qualify. You don't need perfect credit. It's whatever the seller is willing to accept. And many sellers, especially if they're motivated, don't even ask you for your credit or a credit report. If you happen to have good credit, then I would flaunt that when you're negotiating. And you also don't need a huge down payment. Now, some sellers want a large down payment. We'll get to that in a little bit. But if you go borrow from a bank, it's minimum 20% down as an investor. If you can get it for 10% down, let's say, with a seller doing uh, owner financing, then that would be a good thing as long as the interest rate was reasonable and the terms were reasonable. Another reason it's good for you as the buyer is this limited liability. If you do your deal inside of an LLC or other entity, you offer no personal guarantee. If you default on the payments, you're not personally liable and it doesn't affect your credit. And you can also do pretty much an unlimited number of deals. There's no lender limitations. For example, Fannie and Freddie, if you borrow from them for investor properties, they're going to limit you to 10 properties. And really, it's four loans. And then the last six are much harder to get. They require more down. They require better credit. They require more reserves. So um, you're not subject to those limitations. And, and, and of course, the more, one of the most important things is you don't need a ton of cash in many cases. You're not going to be putting 30 40% down, 20% down, or even some cases not even 10% down if you find a seller who's willing to accept less and doesn't need a ton of cash. Now, from the seller's perspective, this is what you need to know to negotiate uh, a good deal because, as we'll discover, most sellers are not open to seller financing uh, because they just don't understand it. Um, or they've heard bad things, or maybe they've done it before and been burnt. So you have to sell them on the benefits. And what are those benefits? Well, number one, the same as the buyer, it's a faster sale. A faster sale 
means to a motivated seller, solve my problem quickly. Number two, it attracts a larger pool of buyers. And this is from your perspective when you're selling with owner financing. If you offer a property just for cash or buyer getting a loan with a down payment, there's only so many buyers who can do that. If you offer with owner financing, you're attracting more buyers. More buyers means more demand. More demand gets you a higher price than if you sold it for cash. You can often sell or buy for sale by owner and avoid a realtor fee. And that's a good thing from both angles, you know, if you're selling with owner financing. But if you're buying and you and the seller says, well, I think my property's worth 300 because the property next door sold for 300, you can immediately subtract 6% right off of that in your negotiating because there's no realtor involved. Um, also, a seller gets pre uh, preferential tax treatment uh, assuming that the seller is not uh, selling their principal residence, which would be excluded up to $250,000 in taxes anyway, or $500,000 if they're married, but if the seller was a landlord, there's preferential tax treatment. So if they bought it for hundred grand a number of years ago, and they're selling it now for three hundred grand, and they want cash, it's a $200,000 capital gain. If they sell it with owner financing, then the down payment is taxable immediately as a capital gain, but the rest is received in principal payments, small amounts over 30 years. So they're spreading out their tax liability over 30 years instead of paying it all in the year of sale. And that's a, that's a huge, huge thing for a seller who's owned a property for a long time and doesn't want to get hit with capital gains tax. You can also offer them a higher price than cash. And as I've said in other calls, um, you want to make dual offers to a seller, a lowball cash and then uh, a terms offer with a higher price. So if price is what they're stuck on, you can give them much more with owner financing terms than if you had to pay all cash. And that's just, you know, fairly obvious why, because cash is not easy to, it's easy to come by. So those are the uh, benefits for the seller and the buyer that you need to know when buying or selling with owner financing. Now, there's so many different owner financing techniques to discuss, and you could find many, many more of these in the creative financing course online at legalwiz.com when you log in. Um, but I'm gonna talk about three particular types of owner financing techniques. And one is uh, the full owner carry, the partial owner carry, and then third, the subordination. So a full owner carry is when the seller takes a note for the whole the whole deal. So let's say they own the property free and clear. It's worth 300. You negotiate a 280 price. You give them a note for 280 and they carry the whole thing. Okay? And transactionally what that looks like is they're going to deed the property over to you. You're going to have title you're going to sign a note, and then you're going to sign a mortgage or deed of trust, depending on what state it's in, in favor of, a, it gets a lien in favor of the seller. And they'll be the bank, and they'll collect payments on the note. Okay? That's a full owner carry. A partial owner carry is where the seller takes some cash down and then carries the rest. So in our $300,000 house example, let's say you put 50 down, and they took a note for 250 secured by a mortgage or deed of trust against the property. Okay, that's a partial owner carry. 
And then there's what's called a subordination. Now, a subordination is really a nice trick if you can get the seller to, to agree to it. In that case, back to our uh, $300,000 property, let's say they wanted 100000 down, which is a lot of money. If they're willing to take the balance of the two hundred as a note and a subordinate lien, subordinate mortgage or deed of trust against the property, and the question is subordinate to what? Subordinate to a new first mortgage for the hundred. So you're going to borrow the hundred, and that lender is going to have a first mortgage or deed of trust against the property, a first lien, and the seller will get that hundred because that's what they wanted. And then they'll take a note for 200 secured with a second or subordinate lien against the property. That's called a subordination. And that's a no money down for you as the buyer because you borrowed the 100 for the first uh, as a down payment on the property to give the seller. And then you borrowed the balance from the seller taking a note. And as long as the, the payment on the first and the second and taxes and insurance, et cetera, is lower than you can rent it for, then it makes a perfectly good rental with no money down. Okay? So those are the three different types of transactions we're going to talk about today. Uh, let's get into negotiating owner financing deals. Now, the first mistake that a lot of investors make is they talk to a seller over the phone or in person and the seller says they own the property free and clear and the first thing that blurts out of the mouth is will you carry financing will you seller finance will you owner finance and the answer is almost universally no because you have not explained and sold the benefits yet most people either a don't know what it is b know what it is and are afraid of a default and or need some cash, more cash than you're willing to put up, down, uh, or they've done it before and been burnt, and they don't want to have to take the property back. So the first thing you have to do, first of all, before you even offer anything, whether it be owner financing or cash or anything, is find out the seller's details and their needs before making an offer. So you should be discussing things like, well, where are you going? Why are you selling the house? What do you need to get out of it? How much cash? What do you need to do? And what do you need? And how much cash do you need to do that? Okay. So just because they're selling for 300 doesn't mean they need 300 in cash. They may just be selling for 300 because they want 300, but they only need 100,000 or 50,000 or maybe even 10,000 to do a certain thing pay off debt, travel around the world, pay for their grandkids' college, whatever. Okay. Don't always assume that just because they're asking for cash that they need they need all of it. So find it, find out what their needs are, then sell the benefits, then make the offer. And in the meantime, you don't have to just go right from selling the benefits to making the offer. You can drop hints, you know, sort of what we call a soft offer. For example, over the phone, you might say something like Mr. Seller, will this property make good collateral for a loan? And now, if he says yes, and then you ask him to be the lender and put up that collateral, it's hard for him to deny it's good collateral when he already said it was good collateral. Uh, you might ask a question like, which is more important to you, Mr. Seller? A fast sale or the highest price? How would you like to get both? That's 
a good hint. So what you want to do is drop little hints before you actually uh, get into the mechanics of owner financing or the offer. Would you be interested in an offer that gets you the highest price, the best tax advantages, and a residual stream of income for you and your family? That's a good one. I'll, I'll say it again. Would you be interested in an offer that gets you the highest possible price, the best tax advantages, and a residual stream of income for you and your family? And he's gonna, probably going to say, well, tell me more. He's probably not going to say no. It's either yes or tell me more. And then you can explain to him the seller financing or some of the benefits of seller financing, such as we talked about the tax advantage of an installment sale where he spreads out the the taxes that would be due on the property if he took cash, uh, the fact that you can give him a higher price if he's willing to accept your terms, and so forth. The residual stream of income, of course, is the payments on the note. And if he says, uh, I need 300 cash, and you ask him, well, what are you going to do with that cash after closing? And he says, well, I need 50 for this, but the other, the rest, I don't know. I'm probably going to put it in the bank for a while. Well, Mr. Seller, what do they pay? 1%? How would you like to get 5%? And secured by collateral, which you said was good, right? So... You know, you got to soft sell this. You know, you, it's like dating. You know, you can't just go right for second base, so to speak. You know, you got to romance them a little bit uh, before you get into, you know, the hardcore offer. Now, if a seller owns a property free and clear, I like to do what I call the 555 rule. And that's a something I stole from uh, presidential candidate Herman Cain. Remember, he had the 999 tax thing. So I came up with the 555 rule. And by the way, the 555 rule is not something you explain to the seller that you're doing. This is for you. We're going to offer him 5% down approximately, 5% interest as a maximum, and no less than a five-year balloon on the note. Now, let's break those down. 5% down. If it's 300,000, 5% is 15 grand. But if you say 15 grand, the math is easy to do and he's going to say that's only 5% down. But if you say 16,100, most people can't do that math in their head. Or you say 280 with 14,500 down, most people can't do that math in their head. So you give them just a number, not 5%. 5% interest. You want to keep the interest rate 5% or lower. Yes, I've paid as much as 6. Yes, I've paid as much as 7. But it all depends on the other factors. Like, what are you paying for the property? How much work does it need? You know, is it a 30-year amortization or a 20 or a 15? So this is not a hardcore rule, but just a rule of thumb. Now, I don't offer 5% interest right up front. I mentioned that in the selling point of you can get five instead of one in a bank but I might start with hey you can get four percent four and a quarter four and a half and if he says well I need six then you get a concession on the price or you get a con less down or something like that so you know use these these as bargaining chips and the last five was no less than a five-year balloon now a balloon is an early payoff it could be amortized over 30 years the payment but 
the seller says, well, I can't wait 30 years. Well, there, there's lots of ways to explain that 30 years is fine, even though he's not going to live 30 years, because it could be a residual income stream for his family. You know, you say, instead of me paying you, I'll be paying your family. And wouldn't you rather, Mr. Seller, me pay them an income stream, that, especially if it's kids or grandkids, um, than just a pile of cash which they could spend you know, irresponsibly? And sometimes people go, oh, I never thought about it that way, because they assume when they die, you have to pay it all off, and that's not the case. You could keep paying the estate or the heirs on the note. Um, but I don't mention balloon up front. And I just say amortized over 30 years, and here's the payment schedule. If they insist that I, I, you know, you have to pay me off early, first I have to explain to them, well, Mr. Seller, if I pay you off in two years, then the same tax issue comes into play. In year two, or the end of two years, you're going to have to pay the balance of capital gains taxes due on the balance I owe you. Okay, if we go 30 years, then we go 30 years for the payment of the capital gains tax in a little bit a year. Okay, if they just absolutely insist on a balloon, just nothing less than five years. It's two, three years is too soon. Four years is too soon. I would, I would start with maybe a ten-year balloon, if he says two or three, and then negotiate your way down to maybe six or seven. Five is the lowest. So five percent down, five percent interest, no less than a five-year balloon. That's your goals, not hard rules, but goals. Now, what if you come across a seller who says, well, I just need it larger down? Okay, well, there's two reasons why they need a large down payment. One is they don't trust you. They just don't trust you. They want you to have more skin in the game. And if that's the case, then you probably failed to get enough rapport and trust up front before you made the offer. So maybe you have to go back and rebuild that rapport and trust. If they need more down just because they need the cash for something, like I said, paying off credit cards, going on a vacation, buying a new house, paying for their grandkids' college or whatever, um, then what we do is the subordination. So if it's a $300,000 house and they want $300,000, let's just say you pay $300,000, do the math, keep it easy, and they want 100 down. 100 is a third. You can go to a bank and do it with 20% down. Why would you do that? But if you do a subordination, you're going to borrow the 100 grand from a third party, maybe a friend or an uncle who's got uh, IRA money, and you can give them 6 or 7 or 8% interest. Now, now that's high, but it's only for a third of the house. And then the seller takes a $200,000 note as a second lien at, let's say, 4%. So the blended rate uh, between you know two thirds at four percent and one third at seven percent, you know, gets you around five, five point one, which is not bad. That's where we want to be, okay? So again, the subordination works as follows: you borrow from a third party the down payment at closing. You give that money to the seller. Uh, if the property needs work, you might borrow more than a hundred. Maybe you borrow hundred and fifty. And then 100 to the seller for the down payment, 50 for the repairs, and the seller has a subordinate lien for 200. Okay, that's a total of 350 if you did the math there against the property worth 100. But you know, if the seller's willing 
to agree to it and he gets his hundred thousand dollars down he may not care about being in subordinate position for his lien okay now the last thing I wanted to talk about before I take some questions is what makes a good owner financing deal now the 555 was just a small part of it but there's many factors we need to look at now first of all it depends on what's your going to be your back-end strategy here are you going to rent it are you going to rehab and sell it or are you going to resell it on owner financing as well called a wrap it, it depends on the local market you know the local neighborhood market or our or, uh, prices going up or prices flat or prices going down that's going to determine what makes a good deal because if the market is flat or going down and you're paying market price that even with owner financing it may not you know be that good of a deal um, you could pay full market price in a hot market uh, because you know you can first of all you're gonna, if you're going to rent it out who cares and it's going to go up in value and sell it in the future that's fine uh, but as long as the payment is low enough like for example in the three hundred thousand dollar house could you pay 310 in a good market at three percent interest sure you could with a small down payment and as long as the rent was more than the payment you know the market's gonna go up and and bring the property up in value and then your payments on the loan will bring that balance down so you'll you'll even it out over time okay so price is just one factor um we want to look at other factors such as you know, how much repairs are needed what's the condition of the property does it need work is it update is it updated or not does it need to be updated you know if you have to put down 50 grand and then put another 50 into the house that's like a double down payment and by the way that's a negotiating um ploy i use with sellers who say well i need 50 down and I say, well, Mr. Seller, the property needs 50. You need 50. I'm making two down payments. One to you, one to the property. If you want me to have 50 down just to, for me to have skin in the game, then let's do this. At closing, we'll escrow $50,000. I'll give you a small down payment of maybe 10. And then my contractors will do the work of the updating and you can inspect it and if you think it looks good that fifty thousand dollars worth of work was done you contact the title company who did the closing and they'll release the fifty thousand to the contractor now you know i've got a total of sixty in the deal i've got skin in the game rather than a hundred into the deal you want to look at market rents if you're going to rent it and even with a subordination where you have no money down you're going to have a lot of payment you got to make sure it'll rent for more than that what interest rate is the seller willing to take? I'd pay 350 for a house worth 300 if he were to do zero interest and I make payments over, let's say, 10 years. Because if you look at 350 with no interest versus 300 at 5% interest, the no interest deal is much better. Trust me on the math there. The no interest deal is much better. Is there a balloon or no balloon? That's going to something you're going to consider so if he wants a balloon maybe it's less down maybe it's lower interest rate and you know how much leverage are you getting here how little can you put down to leverage the property and ultimately what is your cash on cash return so if you have to put up fifty thousand on a three hundred thousand dollar property 
which is a little less than 20% down, and you're going to rent it, how much cash flow you're going to get net compared to how much money you put into the property. So you take your annual net cash flow and divide it by your all-in cash number, your down payment and, and your repairs and closing costs, and that'll give you a number. If it's 12, 15, 20%, that's great. If it's 6 or 7%, then either you're paying too much, paying too high of an interest rate, or you're putting too much down. It's as simple as that. So you have to just put that, that math in a calculator and maybe come up with one or two solutions that will work for you and offer the seller A or B. Or A is cash at 240, B is terms at 280 or 290 with a low interest rate and a low down. There's many, many, many varieties here. It really depends on what the seller's wants and needs are. And bef again, before making an owner financing offer, you've got to know what the seller's needs are in terms of cash, what they're going to do with it, what they're going to do after they sell the property, sell them on the benefits, make them an offer. And you're going to find that if you employ these strategies, you mean just these three, not to mention the other dozen or so in the creative real estate financing course, you are going to get many, many, many more deals, better deals than if you pay cash or go to the bank and apply for a loan. Information and free articles and videos, visit his website at www.legalwiz.com.